to work for $5 an hour, 30 hours a week, no benefits for only 30 days. He says, how in the world are you going to make that work? I said, I have no idea, but I'm going to get my ass up there and figure it out because what I'm doing right now is not working. My advice is go all in. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know how we do this every single week. We're bringing you stories of athletes, entertainers, celebrities, people performing at the highest possible level, sharing their stories of their burn, that fire that lies within, that ignites their why and their purpose, that causes them to take the necessary action to fight to be their best one day at a time. And today we have a very special guest, my friend Jim Rome, who I'm just telling you right now, Jim, you do such a great job of interviewing people. You're one of the best to ever do it. I'm, I'm going to take you to some places I hope nobody's ever taken you before, and you got to be willing to go there with me. Is that fair? That is fair, Ben. That is fair. That's exactly how the game is played. This is why I like to think they listen to me, because I'm going to go places where others do not go. So, yes, go ahead. Turn the table on me. I'm all good. All right, so here's where I actually want to start. You know, people can take a look at the amazing career that you have had. I mean, you're one of the most well-known sports voices, radio personalities of all time. And now you've decided to have a reinvention project. In addition to everything else that you're doing, being back on Sundays for CBS football every other Sunday, the Jim Rome show on CBS, everything that you, do, you decided to do more. But here's what I've noticed. This reinvention project, there's a different fire. You're almost searching for that next level. So tell us about the burn and tell us why you're trying to take it to another level when most people that have had your success would be on cruise control right now. All right. So, Ben, I appreciate that very much. So it's the new podcast I have that you appeared on is the Reinvention Project. And I thought that sounded better than Midlife Crisis Project. <laughs> like nobody's going to listen to that. Right. But it, I, I do have a burn and I do have a mission and it is legitimate because, as you know, we're not getting rich doing that podcast. That is not an easy thing to execute. But there are a number of reasons why I want to do this. But the real origin of it and if you can indulge me for one second, this is not a humble brag, but a couple of years back, I went into the Radio Hall of Fame and I was in New York City and my family was there. My staff was there. My best friends were there. It was an amazing night, like 30 years of work went into that night. But then no sooner, Ben, than I walk off that stage, all of a sudden I start to hear, so what now? What now? What are you do now? What am I going to do now? I'm going to get on the airplane and go back to work and do what I always do on Monday. But there was like this weird vibe of like, you're done, right? You're going to shut it down now, right? And I'm like, no, no, that's not what I'm going to do. And that's certainly not the vibe I want to give off. And then the other part of this, I've got a son who's a junior in college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And he wants to be in journalism, not sports, but news. But he's heard all my stories and we would talk. And we would talk and I'd say, son, listen, you cannot run my playbook and expect to have the same results. The world has changed completely. And I started to think about it, Ben. I'm like, hey, by the way, I can't run my playbook and have the same results <laughs> because the world has changed completely. 
So I started to think long and hard about this. And as you know, as well as anybody, we are getting better or we are getting worse and nobody's staying the same. I'm like, man, you really need a reinvention and not just of your show or your brand, but a personal reinvention. And I want to say one more thing. I'm going to be very transparent about this. People would come up to me and say, hey, Rome, yo, I used to love that TV show you did. I grew up watching you, man. That was the best. What are you doing now? Do you still do that? And I'm like, what am I doing now? I'm busting my ass every single day. So the chip is coming back and the plan is reformulating itself. And that's how I got to this notion, Ben, of reinvention, not just the show, not just the brand, but I got it in my head. Can my next 25 years, literally the next 25 years be my best and most productive years? So the best is in front of me and not behind me. I don't know the answer, but I'm really dedicated to find out. And that's why I'm taking this on. So I, I have to I have to frame this. So for, for everybody that's listening right now, there's there's fears, there's doubts, there's uncertainties. You've been waiting on that sideline because of COVID or because of other things that have happened in your life. And you might be choosing to not move forward. For other people listening, because you're going to enjoy where we're about to go. For other people listening, you might be saying to yourself, I've had high levels of success, but going and attacking for another 25 years, why is he doing this when you could go on cruise control? That's called being seduced by success. Jim, if you can't tell, my energy turned up a little bit because you got me fired up because that's why I think you and I relate so well together is because it's this desire to figure out how great you can be. So you mentioned Hall of Fame. You mentioned not being seduced by success, wanting to attack this next 25. I actually want to take you back 30 years ago. And how important was the burn for you when you didn't know? Certainly you had belief in yourself because of where you've gone in some of your interviews in the past, you got belief that you'll go places that other people won't go. But I would, I would just ask, like, 30 years ago, what was the burn for you in order to, to have the belief to keep showing up to do the grind? Because nobody grinds like you. Just look at your Twitter. It's like every 30-minute slot is taken for years. So what was it like 30 years ago, not knowing that you had a Hall of Fame career that was being built, but maybe you were just getting the start? What was the burn then? All right, I absolutely love the question. And it's one of my favorite times of my life, Ben, because although I didn't know that there may be a Hall of Fame career ahead of me, my one edge was I did know exactly what I wanted to do. I was very mm -hmm. lucky. Like some people never figure that out. Luckily, as a kid growing up in Los Angeles, I was obsessed with sports. And understand, you know, I'm in my 50s now, so the world was very, very different. There was not social media. I was obsessed, obsessed with sports, loved it. And then I realized, yeah, I'm going to be a pro athlete, right? I mean, look at me, Ben, right? How did, that not, how did that not happen? But I figured out that that was not going to happen. But then I got it in my head. All right, but my obsession is sports. How do I stay in this business? Can I get into the business? What do I do? My advantage was I knew early on what I wanted to do. I want to be a broadcaster. I want to be a sportscaster. I knew the second I left high school and I went to college, I went to UC Santa Barbara, I checked into the dorm, I left the dorm, I went right to the radio station and I never left. I knew, I knew, and that was my edge. And the other thing that I knew 
Ben, I knew the price that I was willing to pay. I had that burn. I just did. I wanted it so badly and was so obsessed with it that it literally, I could lose days just in my mind thinking about it and visualizing it. What's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? How am I going to get there? That was my burn. I had an early obsession and I was able to do things that others were not able to do in terms of sacrifice and decision making because that's what I wanted. Like I was the guy that went to college that was neurotic and paranoid that I was falling behind. So I did seven internships while in college. I was the kind of guy that I no, nobody wants morning classes, right? You don't want to get up in the morning and go to school. I had a 4.30 a.m. internship that did not pay. But man, it, it literally rolled me out of the rack because I'm like, I'm winning. I'm chasing. It's good for my self-esteem. I'm getting ahead. My burn was, I want this very badly. I want to be somebody. I want to win. And I'm willing to pay the price. And the best thing about the burn was because I was so committed, the decisions started to make themselves. I knew, is this getting me closer? Then do it. Is this not getting me closer? Then don't do it. And I had this chip on my shoulder and this energy, and it felt amazing. And I knew it early on. And you, I mean, you still feel that energy from you today. I mean, hearing that story, I envision you at 4.30 in the morning as a college student bringing that fire, bringing that passion. Whenever I think of you, I almost think of like Rome on fire, right? Because it's like you just bring this heat, this passion, this energy. I can see that 30 years ago. How have you created a standard? You know, one of the things we talked about in your show is that concept of standard over feelings. There had to have been times, even today, with your calendar. I mean, I want everybody to go, not just follow Jim, because you should be if you're not already on Twitter, but I just want you to look at his schedule in a minute and look at interview after interview after interview. How do you create a standard like that and not allow your feelings to get into the way? Because, Jim, I know it. There have to be mornings where you wake up and you say, gosh, I, not today. But you've created a standard. Talk to us about the importance of building a standard that, that really the foundation was the sacrifice that you made so many years that, that, That's what it is, 100%. You know, I've seen this. You've written on this. You and Will Compton talked about this. I've interviewed athletes and coaches for decades. And it's always the standard is the standard. The standard is the standard. The standard is the standard. And to your point, the standard is stronger than feelings. Mind has to be stronger than feelings. Now, I'm going to be, it would be disingenuous for me to say I win that battle every single time. I don't, but I understand the standard. And this was something else. I was, one of my advantages, Ben, early on, I was able to realize I didn't really have advantages. Like, I was able to have the tough conversation with myself. Like, when I created the standard, when I was in college, I would look around me and do the math. I'm like, all right, so I'm in this college and I'm in a major and all these people are competing with me for the same thing. And then I look around the rest of the nation and there are several hundred colleges and several thousand people who want the same thing. And then there's already all these people in the workforce that already have what we want and none of them are giving it up without a brawl. <clears throat> so I thought to myself, you know how people always talk about what's your why, what's your why? My why was, why you? Why me? What do you really bring to it? You weren't a pro athlete. You weren't a college athlete. You don't have this great look. You don't have this great voice. Why me? And I couldn't answer it initially. 
And then I thought to myself, if I can't answer that, I'm really not going to get there. How are you different? So then I'd look around and I'd see some of these kids I was going to college with. And I saw that I wanted it worse. That was the only thing that seemed to differentiate me because I wasn't smarter. I didn't have more talent, but I wanted (laughs) it worse. I was able to say, all right, create a standard. They don't have a standard, man. Their standard is to go out Saturday night and get blasted, which I did. But I was able to get separation by creating a standard. Do not deviate from the standard. Lock into the process and just keep grinding because it's a war of attrition. I understood that it's one thing to have a mission, but it has to be backed by a standard where you achieve that mission on a daily basis. That much I figured out at an early age. So I, I knew, gosh, I love just I love everything that you just said right there. I wish we could just put it on, on repeat. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it over and over again. I was gonna ask you about Will Compton, but I'm totally changing the angle on which I ask about him. Your answer right there helps me understand why you love Will Compton so much. Because it was one of those things, all of the unbelievable, I mean, the most famous people in the world you have interviewed. And Will, it's okay, you can be mad at me for not calling you one of the most famous people in the world. You are famous, brother. Busting with the boys is taken off. No free shout outs. But with Will, you've had him on your show a couple of times. You love Will Compton, and it's the underdog mentality. Everything I just heard you say spoke to the underdog. And it's almost like what I heard if there was an undertone, even with you being a Hall of Famer, even with you being on the biggest platforms in the world for decades, I feel like maybe you're still an underdog or maybe in... Michael Jordan's terms, you're still waking up, Jim, telling yourself, even though you're not anymore, brother, you're an underdog. Don't stop working. How much oh, truth no. is there to that? Oh, oh, no, I am still an underdog. And I and believe me that, that where I was most effective, Ben, is when I had that chip on my shoulder. And I mean that in a good way, not a bad way. I mean, I, I'm just talking about that that thing. Man, I'm not uncommon. I am not uncommon. I'm not being cute at all when I say that. I truly believe this. I am not uncommon. I was in on the way up. I would look around me and I'm like, I know that guy is smarter. I know that gal has more pure talent. I know they're better. I just know it. So how am I going to win this battle? I have to win the battle with myself. And I feel I've figured out to be different. How am I different? I need to be different. How am I going to be different by developing a different mindset? This is what I'm coming to battle with. This is going to be my calling card. And then maybe if I ever get a show, I've got thoughts about a content and a format that's a little bit different than the way they're doing it, but I'm not going to get the opportunity unless I create the mindset. Like the other thing I learned, I kind of, believe it or not, I got out of the business and I went into my family business and it went horribly. And my father fired me because business is business. And his thing was like, hey, I love you. I really do. But you're not good at this. You never wanted to do it. You're in it for the wrong reasons. But the one thing I did pick up when I was in sales was it's not how many no's, it's how many yeses. And you got to get to that one big yes. And I learned it was a war of attrition. Ben, I was watching when I got out of college and we started in the broadcast field, we all thought naively, we're going right to New York. We're going right to the network. We're going to run the world. We know the world doesn't work like that now. However, my peers that were not in our business 
were in business and they were in sales and they went to Wall Street and all of a sudden they started to make money. And we're still stuck in these little media markets, grinding it out, living check to check. And that's when I saw people give in. They give in and they say, you know what? It was a pipe dream. It was not meant to be. And then I figured it out there too. It's a war of attrition. Stay in the fight. Don't give in. Burn the boats. I can outlast these people because they're giving in. And that's the kind of the mindset that I've always tried to bring to it. And I'm trying to bring to it even now, man. Yeah, I am the underdog in the sense that there are people better than me. But you got to come rip it from me, man, because I'm going to keep coming every day. I'm going to keep coming every day. Get your ass out of bed. Go to work. To your point, hashtag attack the process. I love it. I, I love it. It gets me so fired up chatting with you. And so here, here's where I'd like to take this now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call another audible here. What you just said, that's you speaking from your perspective of how you motivate yourself, having had tremendous levels of success. But really what you just said speaks to that person that is on the sideline right now. They have to be willing to make sacrifice. They have to develop a reason why and a burn that's much deeper than money. They have to have a willingness to do it for the right reasons. And I think that's so powerful. I hope, every, hope everybody really listened there. What's another piece of advice you would give to these people that are waiting around for their opportunity rather than attacking that process every single day? Man, that, that, that ship's not coming in, man. You got to go out and get it. I mean, I know it's trite and it's cliche to burn the boats, but you need to burn the boats. Like when I went into sales, I'll give an example. When I went, I went into sales. So my dad fires me and he goes, what are you going to do now? I said, I'm going to go into sales. He's like, oh my gosh, are you dumb? I just fired you because you're not good at sales. And I said, no, I didn't want to sell your product. I will sell something else I'm passionate about. Of course he was right. I was terrible at sales, but I get another <laughs> sales job and Ben, it was a nightmare. Like I'm, I'm 56 years old and I still have the cold sweats on Sunday night knowing <laughs> that I have to go out and cold call a prospect. I was terrible, terrible. Here's my advice though. Here's something that worked for me at least back in the day. After I failed miserably at my other sales job and I got kicked out of another office building and it was not working, I went to a payphone and I called a guy that I had an internship with when I was in college. And his name is John Palminteri. He's a legend in Santa Barbara. I said, John, do you have any radio work at all? He's like, Rome, how are you doing? <laughs> how am I doing? I'm horrible, man. My life is coming apart. <laughs> I have no purpose. My mission's offline. Do you have any radio work? He said to me, and I quote, funny you ask, I have a 30-day opportunity, $5 an hour, 30 hours a week, no benefits. It's vacation relief for a kid who's still in college that does traffic reports. I can offer you that. Do you want it? I said, yes, and hung up the phone. I wow. tell my old man, I tell my dad, he's like, now what? I said, I'm going to Santa Barbara to do what? To work for $5 an hour, 30 hours a week, no benefits for only 30 days. He says, how in the world are you going to make that work? I said, I have no idea, but I'm going to get my ass up there and figure it out because what I'm doing right now is not working. My advice is go all in, go all in. It may not push every chip to the center of the table, go all in. It might not work, 
but at least you will know you took the big swing. You weren't afraid. You gave it everything you have. And by the way, maybe it does work. Maybe you do figure it out. My point is I risked, I don't want to say I risked a lot because I didn't have a lot, but I went up there without any guarantees beyond 30 days. And I was willing to uproot my life to chase that dream, man. Be fearless. I love it. Go all, go all in. All right. Five. Final question. This is a fun one that I've been dying to ask you. So when you think about the burn and you think of the fact that you have put on on recording some of the greatest interviews of all time with some of the greatest to ever walk the face of the earth. What is the one thing that you heard that actually took your fire, your burn to another level? Who really impacted you where you finished with that conversation and you said, this is going to take me to a whole nother level. I'm going to think differently about what I'm able to achieve in the work that I do. I think, I think it's a great question, and I wish I had a perfect answer for you. I don't think it's any one thing, but I do want to make this point. And this is one of the reasons I took on my new podcast that you appeared on, that some of our mutual friends have appeared on. It was very important for me to seek new information and new points of view to try to evolve and expand my mind. I've been, look, I love sports. I love talking to athletes. I love talking to coaches. I love talking to administrators. The space that you and I are in right now, this conversation we're having is so amazing because it's putting things in, it's a different kind of consumption. Right. Like my feeling always is you are what you eat, but I've kind of expanded that to be you are what you consume. You are what you let in. We have to be responsible for what we see, what we hear, what we watch. Man, super food for the brain. So now all of a sudden, because I have this podcast, I'm talking to people like Ben Newman. I'm talking to people like Ed Milet. I'm talking to people like John Gordon. And they have a different point of view. So when you say to me, what's that one thing you heard? What's that one thing you heard? It's not that one thing. It's a series of things. And even though this is where you and I started, and then you mentioned this, I really believe this whole mind over feelings thing, standard over feelings thing. I think it's really important because if we always react and act based on our feelings, we're going to be doing the wrong belief, man. We'll be doing the wrong belief. The standard is the standard. The process is something that has to be attacked. And that to me is the most important thing. I'm looking for that consistency every single day. Do not give in to your feelings. Make your decisions and choices governed by the standard. The standard is the standard. I love that. So your, yours and my connecting here and your answers to some of these questions. And, and I, I love your answer there. There's two words that I think of. And I hope everybody's finding that same inspiration that I've found in this conversation today. Never finished. You know, you, you really answered with, the again, the reason why you've done the reinvention project. Because you could probably give me a hundred different answers, but you're still in pursuit of meeting and interviewing and finding ways not only to entertain and to help others be better, but for you to have that pursuit of what it means to be your best. Jim, that is fire. That is the burn. Rome is on fire. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I, 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 can I just jump in, man? It's kind of selfish. It kind of is selfish. Like, I'm trying to help other people. I'm trying to get people to take this journey with me. But I'm going to be honest with you. A big reason I did this is I wanted to meet people like you. I wanted to talk to people like you. I mean, certainly I can bring you on my radio program. 
or my no- my normal podcast, but I'm looking for new ideas and new information and new ways to motivate myself and new ways to see the world. And then I can bring that back to all of this. I think it's possible to reinvent, but I want to meet new people, network with new people and get new ideas and have that new energy. I do not want to fade out. I don't want to bleed out because one day they will come to me and they will rip that mic out of my hand. And when they do, it will be fine as long as I know that I did everything I possibly could to stay in that fight and be as creative as I possibly could every day. One of the reasons why, or probably the reason why, I know you and I are going to stay connected for years and years to come. And I, I say this very, very humbly, but it's not often that it happens. You have a fire that will not go out. And I've always said that, and I say this humbly. There is a fire inside of me because I'm watching how my mother lived. This fire cannot go out. I don't care how many times you take me to the mat. I don't care how many times you tell me no. This fire will not go out. And I feel the same in you and the level of appreciation that I have for how you're showing up after a Hall of Fame career. It, Jim, those are the things that inspire me. And I have a deep appreciation for not only the career that you've had, but for the fact that the best is yet to come and how you're choosing to show up today, it it, it is an inspiration. And I appreciate you. Ben, I want to say, I appreciate you very much. I think the world of you, that praise means so much to me. Thank you so much for saying that. I want to ask you one thing before you go. I think this fire though, that you're talking about that will not go out in you, that will not go out in me. I, I think that we need to stoke that fire though, right? It's not, it's not just there. Like you and I, we get up and there's intentional living and there's conscious energy and effort. And we know this from everybody we talk to. Anybody who's ever achieved anything, this ain't autopilot, man. We know there is no hack. There is no shortcut. There is no magic pill. A doctor can't write that prescription. If there were shortcuts, maybe you and I would find it. I don't know any other way but to grind. So I think that there is a fire, but I think we have to continue to put logs on that fire, right? We have to do the work. Otherwise, you're not getting up at 224 in the morning. And by the way, I know you do, because when I get those messages from you, they're like at 228 your time. So this fire is not building and maintaining itself, right? We need to do the work. We got to pay the price. And we are. And people do. And it's possible. That, that, hey, that's why you, you're ending the show today, because you're a Hall of Famer. You get to end it on that because that that is so true. Everybody, I want you, listen to that burn. Listen to that fire. But Jim, you nailed it, right? We have to choose to stay connected to that burn. Otherwise, you cannot ignite the why and the purpose to take the necessary action to continue to get after it after a Hall of Fame career like Jim Rome has done. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows how to find you. But here's the ask that I have, the reinvention project. If you really paid attention to what Jim said, he's in pursuit of the next level of stories, the the next why, the deeper burns. Please go check out the reinvention project. Share this episode with maybe that individual that's sitting on the sideline who doesn't have clarity for their burn. We appreciate everybody that's with us every single week, and we'll catch you next week for the burn.
This episode of The Burn Podcast is powered by BenNewmanCoaching.com, your number one source for increasing consistency in your life and building the mental toughness habits required to live the life of your dreams. From self-paced courses to live coaching with Ben and everything in between, head over to BenNewmanCoaching.com and join the thousands of members working to unlock their peak performance every day.